Every time I see a bird, I apologise. There but for the grace of, well, not God, certainly, but the minute perturbation of gravity, just enough to send a Manhatter of rock to its Cretaceous appointment in Samara, where it punched a hole in a dynasty 180 million years in the making of jumped-up rodents who found the trees in the stars. It's hard to overstate the condition of luck. Chance cuts it both ways. So much is undeserved that I tell the grackle he is descended of kings. You're listening to Tony Brooke, and this is the Dear Betty Podcast. Those are the words of Robert J. Bob Howe, one of our most literate members, and his recent poem, imaginatively titled Untitled. Bob has graciously prepared a self-interview for this week's episode, which you can hear right after my regular monologue and weekly roundup. So welcome to Dear Betty Podcast, Episode 7, coming to you live from the Dear Betty Studios right here in Canberra, the nation's capital. Now, apparently in the podcasting game, Episode 7 is where the risk of a phenomena called pod fading can creep in. A time when the podcaster, still building their audience, can begin to feel dissuaded, self-conscious, and full of doubt over whether or not what they are putting out there is being received. But ever the optimist, I'm going to crash through any apparent pod fade and just charge into the light. Now, to make things even easier, I've posted the podcast's URL, which you can transfer directly into your favourite podcast app, so you never have to go near that bloody Podbean thing again. If you're already a podcast devotee, then you probably already have a favourite podcast app. But if you're uh, new to this whole thing and you've got an iPhone, well, it comes direct with its own podcast app. It's the purple thing with a star in it. And you can just uh, go in there, add a new podcast by URL and paste in the link on Facebook. If you're on Android, uh, you should be able to find the Google Podcast app. And if you're getting by on, say, a Nokia 2110 or a Windows phone, then, well, probably just stick with the computer link. But enough of that. Let's get down to it. First up, a photo from Sicil showing the innovative ways the locals have of transporting very large pieces of timber in what are very small cars. Ah, those crazy Greeks. How did they get into financial trouble? I'll never know. And in the true spirit of the World Wide Web, Shane in Albuquerque has posted about the strange lady here in Australia who uh, managed to get her neighbours to court over the fact that their barbecues upset her vegan sensitivities. And just uh, by way of update to this story, um, it's created quite a bit of stir locally in the media and I understand that the uh, the lady will be surrounded by uh, barbecuing this weekend as the hordes of meatitarians descend uh, on the nature strip around her house. So she might want to uh, leave for the weekend, otherwise she'll be uh, inundated with the smell of uh, lamb chops and sausages. Now, news that uh, Ariana jetted off to China with Jackie uh, hit the Kunkel household particularly hard this week with uh, poor Zippy the Wonder Dog feeling out of sorts and pining for mum. But, uh, don't worry, mate, she's home now. Uh, a bit long week, but uh, yeah, I mean, the thing caught my eye. That bed, who made it? Crazy. I would love a bed made that way every day, but alas, it's uh, lucky if the doona is um, peeled back in anywhere near straight fashion. Um, but more power to you. And uh, more magpie madness this week with a ferocious eye bird being shot dead in Sydney. 
Spotted by Bob all the way from Brooklyn and uh, Uli recounted the terror that was his early encounters with those uh, black and white killers back in the day. Fair to say they've really ramped up their activity around here this week and it uh, looks like the Randy Protectors of the Nest will be with us for another six to eight weeks or so. Pray for us. More talk of birds with both uh, Stephen and Ray Rowe demonstrating that uh, between the cockatoos and kookaburras there are at least some not-so-deadly birds in this country. They are few and far between. Uh, This week we have butcher birds in the preschool playground causing havoc with the youngsters who've been advised to uh, just wear their wide-brim hat to school every day. Um, I think kids are still being swooped, so uh, this is the, uh, the killer country. Festival of Drinker drawing to a close and the uh, SS Minnow has been chartered for a last hurrah. Some seats still available, so if you can get to Sydney next Saturday, do yourself a favour and jump aboard what will be one of the best ways to spend half a day that I can think of. Uh, the group Godfather, Uli, very generous in uh, sharing the water with us, so thanks in advance again for your hospitality. Oh, yeah, big news this week with the announcement that our uh, loved-up couple, uh, John and Bronnie, have uh, agreed to make it official. And I'm sure I echo everyone's sentiments in the group by saying, uh, Mazel tov, good tidings to both of you in what is a very exciting time. Uh, might be the first wedding we've had on the group. Amazing. Uh, may I recommend the function menu package number three at the Dolls Point RSL if you're uh, making up your mind where to go to the reception. Can't go wrong. Bit of fun this week when uh, Susie dropped into the heart of the country for dinner with yours truly. Proof that the group is uh, probably better than Tinder in bringing people together who require spectacles to make sense of the menu. Uh, bit of dinner, wine, good company. Time flew by and I really do look forward to doing it again. Um, if anyone else is planning a trip to the nation's capital, uh, let me know and I'll see if I can uh, sneak out midweek um, for dinner. Uh, one of my favourite posts this week from uh, Elizabeth, it's pretty simple, uh, involves a deer and Phil Collins. Look it up, I can't describe it, but it is magical, awesome stuff. Uh, Aaron and Jackie, as I mentioned, in China, um, showing off the Great Wall. Uh, some conjecture over whether the people jumping into the selfies with them were in fact uh, part of the... Uh, Walls tourism scheme or locals dressed up uh, just because that's what you do. Um, Sydney uh, had a few ideas, but yeah, anyway, uh, looked like fun. Ah, briny. Ball bag toes or Edward uncircumcised penis hands? I don't know, but the jiggling is just haunting. Something I can't get over. But, uh, whew, anyway. Oh, Anthea, journey over to Bali for a few bintangs with the locals and to uh, celebrate a birthday. So happy birthday from uh, all of us here. Um, Hopefully you've started to reverse that Melbourne winter moon tan you're rocking at the moment. Um, Bring back a bit of colour, show off at at work. But yeah, happy birthday. Big shout out to Yvette, our newest member. Welcome aboard. We look forward to your contributions. And uh, as you'll be aware from uh, page eight of your membership pack, you're required to provide me with some podcast content within the first four weeks. Uh, so look forward to, to that. Uh, if you need a hand, let me know. Oh, Shane, off to a Trump rally. I guess we're going to make Albuquerque great again, Shane. Please send photos. That'll be awesome. And, uh, ooh, look, I think that's about it for the week. And that's enough for me, but now this is a real treat. Seven minutes of uh, Bob Howe all the way from Brooklyn. 
and complete with sirens in the background, which is the perfect addition to any audio from that neck of the woods. Brings back memories of every 70s cop show I probably ever watched. Um, the second I heard it, I was transported there. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thanks, Bob. Hello, my little forest friends. This is Bob Howe. I'm coming to you almost live from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York is where I grew up. Um, the thing to know about Brooklyn is that every neighborhood in Brooklyn is an ethnic neighborhood. I'm using air quotes. You can't see them. But, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood that had been largely Italian-American and Irish-American. And then by the time my family moved out, part of the white flight, so-called, from the inner boroughs, um, the neighborhood was mostly Puerto Rican and black. And um, we moved to a different neighborhood in Brooklyn, which was Gravesend. Brooklyn is knitted together from a bunch of uh, other smaller villages. And Gravesend was an English village in Brooklyn in the southern part of the borough. And it was um, mostly Italian-American. I was the only kid in my uh, eighth grade class who did not have an Italian surname. And in fact, uh, my mother is Italian. She was, uh, she was from Calabria. But I honestly can't think of a a neighborhood in Brooklyn then or now that isn't, uh, uh, has some kind of ethnic flavor to it. The neighborhood we live in now is called Sunset Park. That's because it's uh, on the western slope of uh, uh, the glacial moraine that makes up the spine of Brooklyn. And uh, we look down over the harbor and we can see the sunset going down over scenic New Jersey. Um, it's mostly a, a Latino neighborhood. I would say Mexican immigrants predominating. It's, uh, it's an extremely middle-class neighborhood. I probably drive the cheapest car on the block. I drive a little Kia Soul. Uh, Ellie and I have lived here now for two years. We previously lived in a neighborhood in Brooklyn called Marine Park. Uh, apparently, we have to live in a neighborhood that has park in the name. And Marine Park was, um, I used to call it uh, Red State Brooklyn. It was very conservative. Most of our neighbors were modern Orthodox Jewish people. And then some of the older uh, neighbors were Italian-American or Irish. Marine Park had largely been an Italian-American or Irish enclave uh, uh, until the last 20, 25 years. And then the neighborhood turned over. The neighborhood that I grew up in, in North Brooklyn, uh, which is... The neighborhood was really uh, the um, north, let's see, the northwest corner of Bedford-Stuyvesant. And um, we, uh, when we moved out, as I said, it was mostly black and Latino, mostly Puerto Rican. And Ellie and I drove back there, I don't know, about 10 years ago. And the neighborhood had completely changed. It was almost exclusively Hasidic Jewish people. So, And that's the, that's the, the character of every neighborhood in Brooklyn. I've lived in um, Bay Ridge, uh, which is uh, another, uh, uh, there's three neighborhoods that kind of face the, the southern edge of the borough, or the western edge of the borough, rather. Um, there's Park Slope, uh, Sunset Park, and then north to south, Park Slope, Sunset Park, and Bay Ridge. And Bay Ridge, when I lived there, uh, was still mostly an Irish enclave. It had been a Norwegian enclave before that, so there were a bunch of Lutheran churches, and there were still small pockets of Norwegians there. When I lived there, it was mostly Irish, a lot of bars, 
a lot of Catholic churches. And, you know, this is a New York thing that every, it seems to me, every New Yorker knows where every, all their friends and neighbors came from. What, you know, there's no such thing as a, an American. There's an Italian-American, an Irish-American. And it's, you leave New York, you go west of the Mississippi, and it's like joining the French Foreign Legion. It's like nobody has a background. Nobody has a past. Um, and uh, people don't talk in those ethnic terms in those places. When I was um, 19, I joined the Coast Guard, U.S. Coast Guard, which is a military service. And uh, for the next four years, I served in Massachusetts and then uh, on a ship that was homeported in New York, but we spent most of our time on patrol in the Caribbean. And I, that was the first time that I really met a lot of people from uh, who, who were not from New York. I mean, I had been, when I was in high school, I had taken a class trip to Spain, but I didn't really get to know anybody who wasn't from New York on that trip. Um, and, you know, the misconceptions about New York and my misconceptions about every other place in the country were kind of amusing. Um, people, guys in the Coast Guard and women, would ask me, uh, you know, oh, you're from New York, do you know so-and-so, and I would look at them incomprehensibly because, you know, New York has 8 million people. The odds of me knowing their particular friend was slim to none. After I got out of the Coast Guard, I uh, went to college. I went to Brooklyn College, uh, Kingsborough Community College, actually, in Brooklyn, and then later on Brooklyn College. And then I was in and out of college for about 10 years. I did college on the 10-year plan because I was a indifferent student, honestly, and because I would also have to, you know, stop and make more money and then go back to school. And I had, um, I worked as a merchant seaman in that period. I spent two years as a merchant seaman working for the U.S. Military Sulif Command, so it's part of the Navy, but uses a civilian crew. And I, I got to see a lot of exotic places uh, doing that. And then I finally finished college and uh, very boringly was recruited into the public relations office at Brooklyn College, and that's how I got my start in public relations, and that's what I still do today. I've spent most of my life, uh, most of my working life in higher education, um, doing communications and public relations and writing. The big universities and colleges have tend to have staffs of writers and editors, and that's what I've been doing. And that's what I do now for a Jesuit university here in New York. Um, but, but what I always wanted to be was a writer, and I am a writer. I write science fiction and fantasy and the last few years poetry, and I've published a, you know, a dozen or so things, short stories, short fiction mostly. Um, and I'm slogging away on a novel like everybody else, and... You could say that uh, I my career never really uh, took off because I write very slowly and I uh, have long stops and starts in between. But uh, I'm, I've published some things that I'm happy about and or reasonably happy about. And uh, that's what I do. Uh, that's my main creative outlet other than uh, making podcast covers for Tony Britton. So thank you, Tony, for the opportunity to talk about myself for seven and a half minutes. Uh, let me just say that I love the Dear Betty Facebook group and whatever it is called this week. Uh, I find you uh, all very outgoing and engaging. Uh, I have not met anyone from the group in person, but I hope to soon. 
Good night. I'm signing off. It is now 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Brooklyn, New York. Wow, what a great chair, Bob. In his message to me, he suggested he'd ramble a bit, and while the jury's possibly still out on that, all I can say is I could listen to that ramble all day. Great stuff, and thanks very much. So, who will it be next week? Don't be shy, it's not that hard. Just get in touch with me and I'll show you the way. We can do it any which way, whatever's simplest for you. Uh, just drop me a line. So, until next time, it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. Mm-hmm.